And we have a very short video from Anthony. Uh, Dan's going to play that for us right now. There it is. Hey, everyone. Um, Anthony Chapman here, and I am right now in Jerusalem. And uh, just want to say thank you guys for praying for me and for my friend Rich as we've been here in Israel. We've been able to do a lot of amazing things, like just seeing God do some really cool stuff. And we've had some great conversations with some of the Israeli soldiers, been able to visit some of them and bring some gifts and pray with them. Um, some of my friends who are believers and some of my other, you know, some other friends who are not believers been able to just share the gospel and share some encouragement. These guys have been through so much and, you know, just the general feeling in Israel is like, wow, it's like, it's like traumatized. Everybody's gone through so many, so many difficult things. And so just being here and uh, sharing hugs and a few, few small gifts, you know, some supplies people asked for. It's been amazing. Um, keep praying for us. We've got two more days here. But um, really, really thankful to be here, really thankful to see um, how God has been using us. We've just had a lot of good meetings and um, seen, seen God using us through the last few days. So I'll tell you some more stories about that later on, but just want to touch base, say we're okay. Got a couple more days to go here and, um, and just thankful. So thanks for praying, thanks for supporting, and um, we'll, we'll keep you updated in the next few days. As, uh, as we come back and share some of the stories God has done here. Anyway, God bless you all. Talk to you soon. All right. So I talked to him yesterday, and uh, he says they've been very safe, but they've been traveling a lot of different places. Uh, Paula was talking to her mother yesterday, and, and her mother said, uh, of course he's not going anywhere near Gaza, is he? And I just looked and go, yeah, right, you know, because she was on speakerphone. But I, I didn't answer her. But uh, Anthony talked about Victor, who was the pastor who took over for Anthony. And then he hurt his foot, so he wasn't able to go in with his team. Well, his foot is better. And he saw him, I think it was Friday night, uh, at the staging area just before he went in. So he's now in Gaza, a victor. So it's a very, very difficult, very, very tough time for them over there. So anyways, we are celebrating here today. And when they put my slides up on the screen, I will begin my presentation. <laughs> no, it's coming. Anyways. There it is. There it is. Good job, Zeke. Fifteen years since he did announcements. You know, it's the, the multitasking thing. You know, guys can't do that very well. Uh, but 15 years, uh, I think it might actually be uh, one more week when we actually signed the, the papers and got the keys and everything. But uh, Jim said it was close enough, so that's okay. But 15 years here, and 35 years ago, we left California. And what a journey it's been. My, uh, my phrase is soli deo gloria, which means all the glory to God. You know, we had, we had this pastor appreciation thing, and that's always a bit weird for me, but this is God appreciation. 
for everything that he has done, everything that he has done, that he is doing, and that he will do. It's a, it's a continuous journey, you know. And, and you know what? Each, each of us personally, we are, we are also on a journey with God. And, and they're not all the same, obviously. We're all in very different places, and we've, we've gone through very different things. I want you to turn with me to Numbers chapter 33. We're just going to look at a couple of verses there. Uh, Numbers chapter 33 Verses 1 and 2, <clears throat> excuse me, it says, it says, Here are the stages in the journey of the Israelites when they came out of Egypt by divisions under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. And at the Lord's command, Moses recorded the stages in their journey. And this is their journey by stages. And he goes on to say from the very first stage, time they, they left Egypt uh, and they marched out and, and uh, <clears throat> then it goes on to say over and over again that they left this place and they camped here and then they left that place and they camped there and it was like 41 times it says they moved around. They were moving place after place. Some of you, I don't know if, some of you never move at all, but some of you know what it's like to move around a bit. Uh, I looked it up and I, and I taught on this chapter and it was 15 years ago, almost to the day. But they wrote it down and I thought, you know what, uh, while I can, before the memory totally goes, you know, let's, let's kind of just remember some of these things and write some of these things down and, and, uh, and that's kind of what I'm going to do, uh, talk about today. Uh, and then perhaps if I don't go too long, uh, maybe some of you will have something to add to this, uh, to this uh, stages of the journey and all the glory to God. So they were going on these stages or these steps along the way, and life is like that. We sing that song step by step, and God has the steps to get to the final destination. And, and guess what the final destination is? It's, we're here, right? But this is not the final destination. This is only a step. And even, even though we've been here 15 years, it's still only a step to the final destination, which is heaven. That's where I'm going. That's where you're going if you have trusted in Jesus. Someone said this, that ultimately it's a record of, of, of the recital of God's, the Lord's blessings on his people. And that's really what it is, God's faithfulness over and over and over again. God took care of his people there. And it was over a long period of time, but God took care of them and God takes care of us. I can say that without question, without doubt, even, the, even through the hard times the, and the good times. So I'm going to go back all the way. Is that okay? November 20th, 1955. <laughs> That's when I was born, right? And uh, I was born in San Diego, California, and you, you all know that, but, you know, I grew up with five brothers and two sisters and, and also a sister. I had a twin sister who, who didn't make it, and so really there was nine kids, 
And it was not a good situation, alcoholic father, and, you know, but somehow we survived. And I think it's by the grace of God that we survived, that I survived for sure, by God's grace and God's mercy. So I went and I was involved in San Diego, California. You know, you're right on the border, all the drugs and everything that's going on. And, and you know, that, that's back then in, you know, 1970s, early 70s. And I had hair, kind of... <laughs> Kind of like, uh, I'm trying to see someone who has actually hair. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> and, anyways, uh, you know, I was all part of that whole scene in, in, uh, back then, too. But, but I, I, I still, you know, had my grades were okay. And, and so I went to college. And, 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 uh, but after two and a half years, I dropped out of college. Because I thought, you know, I, I don't want to do this. I want to do this. I want to go here. I want to do that other thing. And I, I dropped out of college, and I was up in Santa Barbara, and I was, I was there, and, and uh, <clears throat> I found myself, because I, I wasn't in college anymore, so I lost all the support, because I had a full scholarship and full support, because our family was, you know, low income. And, and uh, so I find myself there, and I'm in a Holiday Inn restaurant washing dishes. I'm going, is this, is this what I dropped out of college for? Is this my whole life here? So I said, you know, I'm going home. So I went back home to San Diego. And in 1976, Jesus saved me. That's all I can say. Jesus saved me. I, didn't, I can't take any credit for it that I did this thing. No, Jesus reached down and saved me. And that, it changed everything in my life. Everything was changed. So that's 1976. 1977, I went to Bible school, a Calvary Chapel Bible school, and, and I met Paula there. You all know her? I met her there in 1976, and guess what? We were married in 1970, excuse me, I met her in 77, and we were married in 1978. We didn't waste no time. And then we went back to Bible school a different school that was a little bit longer. And during that program, we went to England as they called it a practicum and, and where you went to another country for a month. And so we went to England and Paula at that time was six months pregnant. So we went to England and, and we got back home and, and uh, we said, you know, we finished school and we said, let's go back to England because we really loved it. And, and Anthony was born and he was just like a month or two old. And uh, we, we went back to England for a year and we, we worked with the Youth, Youth for Christ. Some of you have heard of Youth for Christ. And, and we also worked with a local church there. And we, we got there and this is kind of, again, all the moving around. How did we get here? This is kind of the idea. How do, we ever, how do we get anywhere? But God uses all these little steps along the way. But we lived with a, a family. Uh, their name was uh, Butler. And his name was Chuck and, and uh, Carol Butler. And some of you might know their son, Chad Butler. How many of you know who Chad Butler is? He's the drummer in Switchfoot. So we had this weird connection. Anyways, he was just a little kid back at that point in time, but I, but I like to just throw names out, right? And, and so, but we lived with them for a while, and then we found our own cute little place. We lived there, and, and then we went back home after being there for a year. And, and we wanted to be back in England so badly, but, 
but we needed to be there. We were back home in San Diego for a year and a half. Uh, Nicola was born during that time, but my oldest brother uh, got cancer, and, and uh, we needed to be there for, through that period of time, so a year and a half. But, you know, he passed away, and then about six months or so after that, you know, we felt like we could, we could leave. And so we went back to England for like two years. And, and uh, we, we worked with a, a, another local church there, and then we worked with a, a group called the Bethany Fellowship, and they had a ministry in a city called Brighton that was uh, really an outreach to, to people, drug addicts, and all different kinds of street people, and, that, and, and that's where we ended up, and uh, working there with them. And during that time, uh, our third child, uh, Ricky, was born, uh, and he was actually born in England. So we came home. We, it was time to come home in 1985. We said, well, you know, it felt like God wanted us to, uh, to, to pastor a church, and that's kind of what we felt like God was putting on our hearts to do through, through the opportunities that we had through the years and, and teaching in different places. So, so somehow we made this connection with a pastor up in Central California in a city called Visalia, and I was supposed to be like an intern, right? But we got up there, and it was, it, was not, it was just not what it was supposed to be. In fact, it was like a wilderness experience. And I, and, and I don't know why, but I, I, we had a number of these wilderness experiences where you end up in these places like, what am I doing here? And, you know, we were there for a couple years, really, and uh, I, was, I was doing worship, but I really wasn't doing much else, uh, no opportunities with the church. I wanted to learn about how a church functions and all the rest of it. And, and the turning point was this. Uh, I met with the pastor there, <clears throat> and he said to me, he said to me, you won't be a pastor. And I said, yeah, and I just go. And I was dumb and young, obviously, but I said, well, you know what? I'm also not going to be here anymore because that's what God's called me to do. So I need, I, I need to find a place where I can at least be encouraged. So I left. We left. We went back to Southern California. And this, this time we went to Lake Arrowhead where Paula's parents live. And, and so we, we were there. And I started a little business, a little handyman business. And it was doing very well. And, and then, uh, but, but the Bible college where Paula and I had met is there as well. And they needed a teacher there, and so I applied. I think, and there's just no way I'm going to be a teacher at the Bible college. But guess what? They hired me, and I go like unbelievable. But I think they really hired me just because I could lead worship. We'll let you lead worship, but we'll let you teach. But whatever, you know. This proverb said, you know, your gifts open up doors for you, and whatever. So, so we went there, and and. Uh, that's where we met like 10 years earlier. Here we are in the exact same place and we found a house to live in and it was going very well. I was basically Chuck Smith was signing the paychecks. I was working for Chuck Smith and he'd come up occasionally and, and uh, you know, speak and just to see what's going on at the Bible college there, the Bible, uh, Calvary Chapel Bible College. And, but but he kind of heard, you know, we, we, we just had this, burning thing. We, we need to go somewhere and start a church. That's what we need to do. 
And, and despite what people would say, and, and uh, so we, we, and I've told you this story a number of times, you know, that we, we, we tried to get into England. We tried from there. But it, the doors were just not opening. It just was not going to happen. So at some point in time, I had this, this amazing revelation from God. What about New England? <laughs> That's about how spiritual it gets you know, in my life. And so, so we said, okay, well, well, let's check that out. So we started looking at a map. I didn't even know where New England was, even though my real father was born in Dover, New Hampshire. And my stepfather was from, you know, Stamford, Connecticut. But I didn't even know what New England, what are you talking about? I didn't, certainly did not know where Rhode Island was. <laughs> so Pastor Chuck, you know, he, he would get these letters where people would, would write to him and say, we want to have a Calvary Chapel here. We want to have a Calvary Chapel here. And he, so he would pass along these, these letters to me from people from New England. So, you know, I had you know, five or six different contacts of these people that, that made these, you know, inquiries. So at some point in time, uh, you know, we said, okay, let's go. We didn't know where we had these contacts, right? We had a student who had a family. He was up in upstate New York, which is in New England, but he said, you could stay here at our place, our farm. So we knew we weren't going to be staying on the street somewhere. So, so we left California. We had five kids. We had this huge station wagon. We were pulling a U-Haul trailer. Five kids was one of them was my nephew, who my, my, my youngest sister had passed away. There's a whole other story, which I won't get into, although they, they were coming after me for kidnapping because I took him from Colorado to California, this okay. nephew that had no one to watch him, and they wanted to just put him in the system, and I said no. That's not going to happen. So they were looking for me. But in the end, they said, I guess you're okay. <laughs> so we, we brought him with us. And we went around and visited the contacts in Connecticut. We thought Connecticut was the place. That was the first thing. And then we went to Cape Cod. We thought, well, that's, that's the second thing. That's got to be it for sure. We went up to Massachusetts. We went into New Hampshire. We had already been with some contacts in Maine. But then it, it kind of boiled down to, okay, we're going to go to Cape Cod. That's where we're going to go. Sandwich. There was a guy there. Sandwich Cape Cod. And, and uh, we had met this, we had this contact, the, the DiPolato families who, who, live in, who lived at the time in North Smithfield. And so they said, well, you know what? You're going to go to Cape Cod, but, you know, New, upstate New York's quite, quite a distance to be able to, you know, make your transition to Cape Cod. So why don't you stay with us here in Rhode Island? And then you can travel down to Cape Cod. So we said, okay. And they were going to go away on vacation. They said, you know, we're going to be gone two weeks. And uh, here's the keys. They didn't even barely know us. So we, we kind of took over their place. But they came back. And we're still there. And, but we're all kind of like, you know, the kids are all lined up on the floor, right? There's just five kids. And we were in this one little back room or whatever. And, and so we're with them, and, and uh, you know, I'm driving back and forth to Cape Cod trying to find a job down there, and, and I, I met a guy. I'd been selling furniture in, uh, 
in Central California, I missed that whole thing. You know, I did a whole bunch of jobs in Central California. I did rent-to-own collections. Can you imagine me going around? Can you pay your bill now? <laughs> Please pay your bill now. Because my pay was completely connected to if they paid. Anyways, I was a, a roller skating rink manager. The only job I ever got fired from. I was a car, sale, car salesman. Now that's crazy. A used car salesman. And then I became a furniture salesman, and that, I kind of stuck to that one, because that was kind of more in line with who I was. Anyways, uh, I, I met this guy who had a furniture store down on the Cape, and I said, uh, yeah, I'm looking for a job. I've done this. And he said, yeah, uh, we have a store here, but, you know, we don't have any openings. But we have an opening in, guess where? Rhode Island. And I said, yeah, but we're not going to Rhode Island, so never mind about that. So I got another job working with this guy picking up trash. It was a trash company. Garbage, whatever you want to call it. So I'm out there one day, and I'm, I'm at this work site, and I'm picking up trash, and I'm going, it's like a prodigal son, you know, moment, like he came to his senses. And I go, like, what am I doing here? I have an opportunity, uh, a job opportunity, which is a good job, in Rhode Island. So I said, okay. And then I had peace, and, and, and we, I took that job, and, and then, and then uh, God opened up a house for us. We didn't have to stay forever on the floor at the DiPolato's house, but we, we found this place at number one Arnold's Neck, which is in Warwick, and it was right on the water. It was like unbelievable. Like I'd never lived on the water before. So we started meeting there at... at at this place, we said, let's start a Bible study. The DiPolatos and, and uh, Joanne Miller were there, and we, we said, let's get started. We just had a very small group, and we met there for about a year. Uh, we started off in a, in a place uh, called The Barn, which is in the back of uh, Billy Maha's place, and that's a picture of it. I don't know what it looks like these days. That's going back quite a ways. But we started meeting. Actually, I'm jumping ahead of myself, aren't I? We... We're meeting at one Arnold's neck, and we got discouraged. Let's go back, because we got discouraged. And there were some people in Connecticut that said, if you come over here, it's all going to happen for you. So we said, yeah, let's do that. So we left Rhode Island. After one year, we moved to Connecticut, and we were there for one year. And, and that was like, uh, talk about a, a wilderness experience, the backside of the desert. The house was, was completely flea-infested that we moved into. It was like, it was, we blew off so many uh, flea bombs that I think it must have affected my, uh, my mind, and now you know why I'm like, <laughs> I am. But I got a job over there, a good job, doing something I had done in San Diego. It was like a, a lab technician. And, and uh, but you know what? We just knew it was just like, this is not where we're supposed to be. And we read that scripture. It says, you know, go back the way you came. And so I said, how far back can I go? Maybe I can go back to San Diego. Maybe I can go back to Lake Herod. Maybe I can do that. But you know what? It was one step back and it was right back to number one, Arnold's neck. Can you believe that? How many times after a year you're going to go back and move back into the same rental house? That just doesn't happen. But we, we, uh, we moved back in, but the, 
the, the kind of fruit of it was, though, that I had to continue working in Connecticut. I couldn't find a job back here, so I had to drive back and forth to Danielson every day to work, right? Which was okay. It was a good job, and they're great people. But so we came back, but, I, but after this, now I'm, I'm a little bit gun-shy, but I met this guy. His name is Billy Maha, and, and you know, he said, you know what? You've got to do something. You've got to do this. And I said, I don't know if I can. But he said, you've got to do this. And he, and he pretty much encouraged us to get started. So we started meeting again. Uh, now we're at the bar. And we started meeting there for a while. But then we moved back to our house at Arnold's Neck. And, and across the street from our house at Arnold's Neck, there was a family who, who uh, owned a restaurant. They also owned the Dickerson Marina. And... Uh, they also owned the restaurant, and, and for the life of me, like I said, my memory is not good. I can't remember the name of the restaurant. It's, it, it became, no, it became the Remington House. I can't remember the first name. Anyways, uh, they owned that place, and we said, uh, you know, can we, can we rent some space there? And they let us rent on Sunday nights uh, for like $25 a week. And we go, wow, okay, we can pay that. We can afford that. And so, so we're, we're meeting there, and it's funny because in, in the back of this little restaurant space, the restaurant wasn't open, but the bar in the back was open. So these guys would come in, and they kind of stumble into our area for a while, listen for a bit, and then they'd stumble back in over there. But, but we were loving it. We were having a good time. But then the place caught on fire and burned. So we said, what are we going to do now? Where are we going to go now? Well, we went over to a, a school called, uh, that's the, the restaurant there. And so we went to a school, we went to, uh, I keep jumping ahead here for some reason. We went to a Knights of Columbus Hall, which is this building here. Also, uh, v, excuse me, VFW Hall, which is on Post Road in Warwick. And and so uh, <clears throat> we started meeting there, and it, it was very cheap, and, but we loved it. It was this cute little place. And, and it, any of you here ever went there? Val went there. My daughter went there. <laughs> Denise, I think Denise did. You went there? No, I think Denise did. Denise did, and she's downstairs uh, getting the potluck ready. Uh, I think Susan was there as well. But it's there that... Uh, we met Bill and Barbara Kinneman. Really, Barbara kind of got it going. Barbara had, she was fed up. Now, if you know Barbara, you know, she just got fed up with this church scene that she was in. She said, I'm going to start coming here. I want to come here. And, and Bill was doing a lot of preaching in, in, in lots of different places. But, but they just uh, were like mentors and like foundational pillars. And, and that's what we needed, really. And, you know, because, again, I, I didn't really have a clue what was going on. But, but we went there. At, during that period of time, uh, one Arnold's Neck got sold. And so we moved to a, a place, uh, 303 Gorton Lake Boulevard in Warwick. And, and this one was on a pond. So we went from the, on the bay to on the pond, which God just provides these places. Like, it's, it's crazy. So, so we had, you know, Bible study there on Wednesday night and prayer there on Friday nights. And some of you went to those. How many of you went to those? Like Val did and 
Some of you folks over here know we used to do that. And, and, and so we were at this uh, Knights of Columbus Hall. It was really sweet, though, uh, but it was very small. And, and uh, we, I, I just remember one story that I, I, I love to tell. Uh, we had the Sunday school downstairs, and we put up, like, curtains and stuff, and, and uh, there was a big pool table down there, you know, because that's what they do. And, and so one Sunday we came in. <laughs> it was so funny. There was a little, there was a little picture in a, and a note on the pool table. And basically they're saying, stop messing around with our pool table. And there was a picture of all the stuff that they'd pulled out of the pockets of the pool table, all these kids' toys, and a little New Testament. <laughs> so we couldn't say it wasn't us. That was so funny. So, so we... Uh, so we said, okay, well, what's the next step? We, we went over to uh, Cedar Hill Elementary School, uh, which is right on Coesed Avenue, and they, they let us meet there. And we had a few instances over there where the principal, you know, got all you know, up in our case about stuff that we didn't do or whatever, but that's just life, you know, renting in the public spaces. But after a while, you know, we said, let's... You know, we, we had gone to Winman Junior High School a few times when we couldn't get into uh, Cedar Hill. And this, this is where Justin teaches now at Winman. But we were there for a lot of years. And uh, God used it. It was a great place. We had, you know, just some great memories of things happening there. And, and so uh, during this time now, 303 Gordon Lake sold the house that we lived in. And so we moved into a basement apartment with, uh, Anthony was out at school, so we had five of us, uh, to Gail and Wayne Johnson. How many of you know Wayne and Gail Johnson? Anybody know them? Somebody does. Anyways, uh, they had an, a basement apartment that we could live in, and it was just a one-bedroom apartment. We had five uh, we had uh, three kids and, and us, five of us. We were in the living room. The girls were in the bedroom. And, and uh, uh, Ricky was sleeping under the table in the dining area. You remember that? So we're looking for a place. You know, we got to find a place. We're looking. We want to find a place. And... and uh, they came to us at some point after like six months, and they said, are you going to be moving? Can you move now? We'd like to. And then, and then just right at that time, we found the place that we, that we have now on Reeland Avenue, and, and we're still there. And this was, that was back in, in two, the year 2000. So we've been there 23 years. So after all these times of moving, 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 we, we lived in so many different places in England, in southern, Central California, in Southern California. We moved in, I, you know, I counted up one time, it was at least 20 to 25 different places we lived in. And now we've been in the same place for 23 years. Crazy. And then 2008. By the way, we had, we had moved our office at that time to 475 Arnold's Neck Drive. And then we found this place here, Green Meadow. After, 
after all those years of looking. You know, uh, Barbara and Dan put together this thing, and we used to have it on the back. We're going to make some more cop copies, but it, it was called The Saga of the Search for a Suitable Site. Barbara, <laughs> Barbara wrote that. And, and uh, you know, it's got all kinds of... We, we went to some insane places looking for a place to, to call home. But you know what? God provided this place. He opened the doors, you know, when we should not have been able to come here for a lot of different reasons. Uh, you know, the middle of the banking crisis of 2008, we should not have gotten a mortgage. We should not have been able to move here. But God, it says uh, in Psalm 23, it says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And this is where we were supposed to be. Green meadow. And, and uh, Norman's going to talk about that in a couple of weeks, but uh, more about the, how we got this place or whatever. I, I, I want to also mention, too, that a part of our journey was West Bay Christian Academy because we, we had to leave uh, Winman for some reason, but we also then we got this place at the same time, so we stayed over there, which is just around the corner. And once we closed on this place, we were able to, to fix uh, fix it up, but we had a place to meet while we were tearing things down. It, it, those of you that remember, this place looked completely different in here. Completely different. In fact, there were rooms in the back there, and we tore them all out. They had built rooms. This is the original configuration of the sanctuary, but they had built rooms. There was like four rooms back there. It was weird. I said, this is like weird. But we've just been doing what we can to fix it up. We started with the sanctuary, went to the classrooms and fellowship hall, and uh, that turned out beautifully. Alex did all the painting. We worked on the youth group room. We've had so many people. You know, it's been a lot of people, not just one person, but a lot of people, and I wish I could name all the names, but I can't. But we did the walkway, which took us, I don't know how many years to figure out how to do that. And we, and we got that done. And, and then we did the parking lot. And then we did the roof. And, 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 you know, that's all good and well. But you know what it's really all about? It's all about you. It's all about us. It's all about the people. This is just a place for us to meet, and that's all it is. We could go back to Winman Junior High and, and, and still have that same thing or even, you know, different. But but better or worse, whatever. It's, it's all about people. I was talking about, to Dan last Sunday about it, and, and, you know, all the people through the years, you know, that have come through our fellowship and been a part of our fellowship and then moved for whatever reason, it, it, would, it, would, it would be amazing if we could, you know, look back and, and think about, about all the people. You know, Acts 2.42 was our... Our, our verse from the very beginning, you know, they, they, they focused on the word of God, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and, and prayer. And that's really, really who we are. And that's really what we do. And, and we've just fulfilled that verse basically through the years. But it's been a lot of years, hasn't it? I mean, I went back 35 years, but it's been a lot of years, but it's, it's, it's all like we, we're studying in, in the life of Joseph. It's all, it's all working together for good, the good times and the bad times. We had, we've had a lot of hard times here, too. You know, when we've had a, sp a split back uh, in 2010 and, and the pain and, uh, of that. 
and, and some, some of the other things that we've had to face through the years. But, but a lot of you come here now, wow, this place is really chilled out and very peaceful and that. It, it's not always that way. Life isn't always that way, though, is it? But this is the journey. Something I wrote back in 2008 I, that, that is still true today. Let me just read it to you. That God is truly faithful and he's worthy of our trust. He's been a father to me when I had no father. He's been a friend to me when I had no friends. He's picked me up when I've fallen and lifted me up when I was down. He was there for me when my brother died and when my sister died. He's been with me through the valleys and on the mountaintops. He's helped me be a husband to my wife when I didn't have a clue. He's helped me be a father to my kids when I didn't know how. He was with us in England where we served as missionaries. He's been with us here in New England where we planted a church. The hardest thing I've ever done is my Bible college director warned me and I didn't believe him. He's been my teacher, teaching me how to teach and how to pastor and how to love and how to survive. I have had so much to learn and I still do, but he has been utterly faithful over all these years through thick and thin, he has proved himself to me. That's what I said when I first turned to him. And as I look ahead, why should I think that anything will change? He hasn't changed. He has been, he is, and he will be the almighty God, faithful and true, and we can trust him. A couple more things, and I want to give a, just a couple of minutes, I think, Isaiah chapter 26 says, Lord, you establish peace for us and all that we have accomplished, you have done for us. Anything that's ever been done, it's not been me, it's not been us, it's been the Lord, with the God, what God has done in us. Someone else said these words, and I really like this. He said, looking back, we can have similar value for us. Yes, we'll find many examples of personal failure. We'll recall times when life seemed desolate and empty, but we will also realize that God has brought us through those times, has guided, has strengthened, and brought us safely to the present moment. Remembering God's faithfulness helps us to move ahead confidently as we take our next step toward the promised land. Isn't that sweet? We take our next step toward the promised land. A couple of scriptures. Psalm 84, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. That's the journey. They're set on the journey of being a pilgrim. And as they pass through the valley of Baca, which is the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. And the autumn rains also cover it with pools. And they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. That's your journey. That's my journey. That's, that's what we're on today. I don't know what, you know, your whole story is, but, but we have a couple of minutes. We have a few minutes. If, if, does anybody have something they'd like to throw in to add to this? I got a microphone. You don't even have to come up to the front. You can just use this microphone. Who is going to be the first? 
Yeah, yeah. I'll there be quick. Uh, Annie and I started coming to Calvary at Cedar Hill in uh, 93, so this spring will be uh, 31 years. So for 15 years, you see all this stuff, this equipment here, Sunday school stuff, all this equipment and more. For 15 years, every Sunday, uh, uh, Ed Margarita had a truck, I had a truck. And we, we originally we started to meet at Rich's house to pick up. Eventually we had to go to a storage bin and pick that up. I remember picking up, loading the truck in rain and snowstorms. And so we load the truck up, bring it to church, we set it up. We'd have a service, we'd break it down, put it in the truck and take it back. Those 15 years, I never heard one person grumble. Never heard anybody say, oh, this, this, we hate this, this is terrible, this is awful. We just did it. And when we showed up, people with it, we were like, we were like a machine. People would set up. It, it was just, we just did what we had to do because we love the Lord. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to be really quick about is about the buildings. When we were looking for a building, I don't want to say we're desperate, but we're hopeful. And, uh, you know, in that book Rich is talking about, we looked at a lot of buildings. We're always hopeful. We'd go and say, yeah, we can do this or we can do this. But in the back of our mind, we'd say, this is terrible. This is an awful building. <laughs> we, we'd, have to, we'd have to win the lottery to do anything here. Anyways, when God provided this place, it was nothing less than a miracle, and I know Norm's yeah. going to talk about some of the financial things, but I believe that God heard our cry, like the, like the Jews wandering in the wilderness, and he blessed us because we never complained, and the other thing is we had done a couple of festivals. We, we went down Oaken Beach and did what we did out here, mm -hmm. and that was our desire to carry it on. All the buildings look at had not one blade of grass. All of a sudden, God gives us this acreage to have, these, to have this go on here. I think if you're just faithful and following God, hearing his voice Amen. and following his way, then he will lead you to the promised land. Amen. Mm. Amen. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so God used this church to restore me and my family. Um, this is the only church I've ever really known, I've only been a part of, so I don't have any to compare it to really but so I started we started coming in 2000 or so and 98 and uh, I was a wreck I was a drug addict and a drunk and just a terrible person so a lot of you people don't know that about me because we've only met in the last few years but up until uh, 2009 I was you know I was a wreck my family was a wreck because of me um, so it's been 14 years now that I've been set free, and God used this place over those nine years or whatever it was, 10 years, and then used the ministry called U-Turn for Christ, which is a Calvary Chapel ministry, uh, which I went to, and uh, yeah, I just thought this was an interesting story, because it's about me. <laughs> Hey, I'm Val, for those of you who don't know me. Um, when did we start coming here? 90? You came in 93. <laughs> Somewhere, I went to Gordon-Conwell Seminary thinking that that was where I would definitely meet the man of my dreams. Didn't happen. So didn't find a church up there. Came here, started coming here on Sundays because my mom was here. And... She scoped out Dan, and she made a point to sit anywhere she could near him when I would come. Of course, I asked her to. Anyway, but 
So we've, we've been on this journey here for a long, long time, and um, Rich and Paula and their family have really been an amazing part of, of our journey. And um, we just love the people here. We love Rich and Paula, and they are family to us. And we've been through the pain of the split and those kinds of things. It was very hard. But my dad, who was a pastor, always said, Rich is my pastor. And I found that to be such a humbling thing. Um, and I don't really know where I'm going with this, but just the, the gratitude and the, the way that God has brought us all through. When I couldn't take my mom back home, Rich and Paula brought, them to, brought her to their house. And so many people were there at her time of partying, and Rich and Paula just took her in, and they made it seamless for our family when we couldn't do it. So I just will be eternally grateful for this place and how it's been in my life and our kids' lives, in our marriage, and just, it's incredible. So just part of the history. Awesome. Thank you, Val. Anybody else? I'd like to say something. Something short. Hello, all. Um, I started coming to this Hold it closer. Calvary Chapel at Wyman, and uh, because I had moved back to Rhode Island from Massachusetts, and uh, I had a falling away of God from God's love. And I'm a prodigal son. I ran off in, in the depths of alcohol and was really at rock bottom. And I had already been at Wyman and loved the church and, and loved the teaching. And, and the f everybody is so warm and fr loving and like family. And, uh, but I had turned my back on that and on God and was gone from, for quite a few years. And at rock bottom, um, I came back to the Lord. And we had been praying uh, for a church back when I was going to Wyman for a building, not a church, because we are the church, but for a building. And uh, I remember, as Jim said, them loading loading the stuff, setting it up in the, and in the trucks and all the musical instruments. And I had helped a couple of times, but um, it was a lot of work. And so I had been praying for a building too. And then I went off running into the deep pits of alcoholism, and I came back to the Lord, and He miraculously healed me. I felt the Holy Spirit just come upon me, and the peace of the Lord, and and He just delivered me and took it away. And uh, so I, I was talking with my brother. He says, "Mark, you got to get back into fellowship." And I'm thinking, "Yes, I know," um, and and prayer and studying the Bible, and uh, so. Where did Calvary Chapel go? And uh, in the meantime, I had just moved down the street. I work at Quonset Point. And uh, I moved onto a boat down in the harbor here, in Allen Harbor, and only three miles away or so. And so I'm driving up um, Devil's Foot Road to get on 403. And there's Calvary Chapel, the building. And I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, the prayers were answered. 
And uh, so I said, well, this is my church. I got to come back, you know, got to come back home. And I was a little embarrassed to do that, you know, because I knew a few of few of you, you know, but I said, no, I'm just going in. And you know what? There was there was no um, judgment or condemnation or any of that. It was just open arms, love. You know, you guys welcomed me home. So it's amazing how God works, you know. I just want to say that I feel like I've been a part of the journey for a long time. Uh, I started coming in 1994 at Cedar Hill, and uh, I had never been inside of a church before. Uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe at some point in my childhood I might have literally been inside of one, but I never went to, I never attended a church. And uh, I was in my 40s, and I knew absolutely nothing. I didn't even know the gospel story. That's how uninformed I was. And when I came in, uh, I'll never forget Barbara, Val's mother, Barbara Kinnaman, immediately took me under her wing, literally arm around me, and took me to meet everybody after the service and introduced me to Rich. And Rich asked me if I was saved. And I'll never forget it because a, a single tear just rolled down my cheek and I said, I don't even know how to pray. And uh, he helped me learn all those things, how to pray, how to be saved. And when he had to move from his house on Gorton Avenue, I at the same time had to leave my house that I had lived in for 15 years. And he gave me his bird that they couldn't take with him, his, his dove. Fred, who was nine years old at the time, and I had him until he died at the age of 24. And uh, then the same year that they found this place, I found my house in Providence. So it just seems like our journey has dovetailed so many times. And it hasn't all been roses. I mean, Rich, is, Rich and Paula and the kids, they're literally like family. And with, as with any family, there's always ups and downs. And you know, sometimes it's rough, but I've never been able to walk away. And uh, I just wanted to share our journey together and say thank you, Rich. And I, can I just say one more thing? No. I, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to also mention the fact that, you know, Richard, my son Richard was 15 by the time I, ca I found this place, not this place, but Calvary Chapel. And, uh, you know, it was borderline almost too late. You know, he uh, didn't want to hear it, but he, he came and uh, it took a long time. It was pretty sketchy for a long time, but, uh, you know, praise be to God, he's saved and he's a part of this body too. And I just wanted to say that. It, it's, it's, it's never too late. Never. <clears throat> I don't usually do this, but <laughs> I feel compelled. Um, I don't even remember how long I've been coming here, but 
Before I started coming here, Carol and I have been friends since 1964. So a lot of, a lot of years have gone by, but one day we were sitting and talking and the conversation got a little deep and I said, you know, I, I feel like something's missing from my life, but I, could, I couldn't put my finger on it. I didn't know what it was but something was nagging at me. So we left it there. A couple of weeks later, she came over and we were talking and she said, do you wanna to go to church with me? And I didn't even think about it. And I said, yes. But then I was so nervous, <laughs> like, Oh my God, lightning will strike the building. Um, needless to say, I hadn't been to church in quite some time. Uh, I went through losing my son and being angry at God for a while. So it, it, there was a lot of things that I went through. So the day we came here, and I was still like, Okay, I hope the building's still going to stand after I walk in. <laughs> and I was pleasantly amazed that when I walked in, I thought I was home. <laughs> I just felt this warmth. And everybody was so fantastic and welcoming and... Um, it took a few weeks. I didn't, um, <clears throat> you know, I didn't do communion because I didn't feel I should. I wanted to be ready. And one day, we, oh, I can never remember that. Uh, gracefully broken. And we were singing that song and all of a sudden it was like, I could see my son, and my son was smiling like, this is where you belong, Mom. And I stood there, tears running down my face. Carol didn't know what to do. <laughs> and um, I knew I belonged. And it was the greatest feeling, and everybody, you guys have all been, I'm so grateful to all of you. You rich, I mean, You've counseled me, you've supported me, you've prayed for so many different things since I've been here, and I am so grateful and thankful for all of you. I couldn't hear what everyone was saying downstairs, so I had to come up. And... Um, so I'm assuming we're sharing about our history. And in a way, I came here from California too. Born and raised in Rhode Island, lived here all my life. Was at the, some of you know my whole story, I'm just gonna frost it. Um, I was at the end of my rope, ready to call it quits in a way, not suicidally, but with my marriage and just everything. And I went to visit my brother and sister-in-law in California the day after Christmas in 91. 
And of course, when you're there for a week, you're somewhere there's a Sunday somewhere, and they took me to Calvary Chapel Temecula. And I'm walking through the parking lot toward the building, and just like Tina just shared, I just felt inner peace, and I heard, not out loud, welcome home. And I didn't know it at the time, because I was just doing my own thing before that, even though I believed in God, believed in Jesus, made my confirmation, knew who he was, but I didn't have a personal relationship. And to shorten the story more, um, Ray knew there was a Boston Calvary Chapel. I said, find out if there's one close by, because I don't care if I drive 50 miles away to go to church, this is what my heart needs. And I came home, went to church, uh, went to work, and I came home from work on Tuesday, and on my message machine was my brother saying, D, you're not going to believe this. There's a Calvary Chapel in Warwick. So seven and a half miles from where I lived was the VFW post, and when I called you, I thought I was calling a church, not your home. <laughs> And Pastor Rich said to me, he goes, do you know where the VFW Post is? And I said, no, but this is Rhode Island. I will find it. And ever since January 12th of 1992, this has been my home and my family. <laughs> Sometimes even more than my own blood family. And I love you guys so much. And we've been through a lot. And I'm glad everybody else here is my family. So... I just had to share because I couldn't hear what you were saying. Now we have to go make sure food's not burning. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk, but hearing everyone else, I just have to add on because it's obvious that God has been um, working in a lot of people's lives to bring everyone here. And uh, I'm just hearing my own story and, and Denise's and others because um, <clears throat> I came in a similar way. I was out in San Diego, actually, and um, I was going through my journey of faith. <clears throat> I'll keep this short. There's a lot more to this story, but um, there was a guy out there who had traveled back to New England on business, and he had found the Calvary Chapel when he was out here. He told me about it, and when I um, came back to New England at the end of my tour out in San Diego, um, I went to find the church. He had scratched the address on a piece of paper, and it took me to the VFW hall. And um, I got to the VFW hall, and there was a note. Uh, well, I couldn't find my way around Rhode Island, so it took me a long time to get there, and I was already late and frustrated. I got to the hall, and there was a note on the door saying they had moved to some school. So I ripped the note off the wall, and I <laughs> took it with me, and I found the school. So that's probably the reason we're not a mega church now, because uh, no one, no one else could find the school. But, um, but anyway, I, I walked in and uh, and Rich was was playing guitar, and um, it, it was that instant feeling of being home, and it reminded me of a church I had gone to in Hawaii, Steve Anthony's church, and uh, it was just that overwhelming feeling of of being home, and and I think that's a common theme I've heard. So, uh, just wanted to share that. Thanks. Okay, one more. I just want to say I've been coming here since 2017. I originally came first. Uh, I'm gonna keep this short. I had a rough time growing up. Um, I I grew up as a Lutheran, 
Uh, I originally came from a Lutheran church. I just wanted a church uh, that is more like family, more like home, and all and all that. This past summer, my mother had breast cancer and she beat it and survived thanks to all your prayers and I just uh, I respect all of you and um, I respect Rich and Paula fully and you're all like a family to me thank you very much God is good, you know. I'm going to read one scripture and then we'll pray and have our last song together uh, for the day. But the scripture is uh, Proverbs chapter 24. And this is one of my passages for our fellowship. And it says this, uh, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. And through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. I have always believed that that is the house of God in, 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 our, in our situation, that through wisdom and understanding and knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. And, and my understanding has always been that it's you that are the rare and beautiful treasures. It's us. It's, it's the people. We got some unique fellows, uh, fellowship. We we have some unique people, and and but that's always been the way it is. And uh, hey, just be who we are, right? We're not going to try to be something else. Let's pray together. Our gracious heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Soli Deo, glory. All the glory goes to you, and and we are appreciative of all that you have done, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing even today in our lives. And, and uh, we may be discouraged, we may be depressed, we may be uh, out of sorts, but the truth is that you are faithful and that you are going to take us through to the next step in the journey. And, and that one day you're going to take us home. The ultimate home is, is to be in your presence face to face with you and looking in, at 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 you and seeing you and, and all of your glory and beauty and love and per, uh, perfection. Uh, I pray uh, today, Lord, that we would uh, just know your presence and know that you are, that you are working and you're going to do uh, what you want to do in our lives. And we submit to you. We surrender to you, Lord. And, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing. We're, we're late, but that's okay, right? The buses will wait. <laughs>